Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Run Hard Running Team podcast. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. If you are a returning listener, thanks for tuning in today. As you know, Run Hard, we're so much more than just a running program. We invest in the lives of kids to help them train to finish a 5K, and along the route, we teach them how to make wise choices, how to develop positive peer pressure, not give in to negative peer pressure, and be an overall great teammate. So today... We have Roy Shelley, the president, on the podcast today. So, Roy, welcome, and thanks for coming and talking to me for a little bit today. Thanks, Jesse. I'm uh, honored to be a part of the program. So, if if you're like one of these guys that's not into politics and you're like the president, why are we talking about the president? So, Roy is the president of the Columbia Running Club here in Columbia, South Carolina, does a lot for the community and with that running club. So before we get in, Roy, to like how you got into running, how it started, how did that passion begin to flare, talk to me a little bit about, and the listeners, about your role as the president of the Columbia Running Club and what the running club does in and for the community. Let me talk about what the Run Club does because that's really um, why I got involved, more heavily involved, and um, agreed to become the president. Um, the Columbia Running Club is a, it's a social running club. Um, it's not a training club like you see some of these other ones, um, like that you have for Run Hard with the kids, where you train them how to do, you know, how to run a 5K. Right. It's a it's a kind of more of an umbrella organization. We expand across all the different groups and the different communities within the um, running community in South Carolina. Uh, we do have, we'll have social, well, you know, everything's pre-COVID, so you always have to put an asterisk sure. on that, but we usually have, you know, a couple of socials. We don't have um, standing group runs, but we'll have periodic group runs. And what we do for the community is we try to get more people involved in running generally and a number of different ways we do that um and it can be runners of all types the ultra competitive types the very fast types the people who just want to walk races you know just want to get together and have fun and meet friends it's that's the whole spectrum of running um but one way we do that is through what we call the tour de columbia and that's certain races um, we award points to our members if they do races. And there's two ways to get um, points. Um, that's how you finish in the race and then actually just doing the race, participation in the race, regardless of, you know, you can finish last. It doesn't matter. You get credit for doing the race. And then we normally have an annual banquet, which is a lot of fun. We show, you know, photographs throughout the years of, you know, different races and people. And we give awards for the people who've accumulated the most points. So those are normally, you know, the most competitive people, the people who do the best in the races, and also the people who do the most races. You don't necessarily have to be the fastest, but if you do 30 races throughout the year, you can probably win one of the categories. But then we also give awards to people who do at least eight races a year. And we think that encourages participation at, you know, whatever level you're yeah. in. And Part of that is helping the races, help the race directors set up races right. that you know our members would enjoy. And so I know that you're familiar with that process right. with Run Hard. Right, right. Being being a a race director 
that puts on a couple races in the community. I mean, we appreciate that aspect of it, but also as a runner, that it's uh, it's fun as well. That it's uh, it's an ongoing competition. So if 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 you're into how you finish it in your age group, and if you're into just staying healthy, just that accumulation of points is just kind of a neat thing to stay engaged throughout the year and keep that motivation to. Uh, to keep running and training because sometimes that motivation begins to uh, wane as you get into the hot days of the summer or races get canceled or aren't on the calendar anymore and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, it's a really neat thing. So how long, it's kind of like, you know, even, you know, within a race, everybody's competing against each other and what you want to do, but here's a a year long race. Yeah. And so everybody's always checking their standings and, you know, there's friendly competition and you'll see people, you know, poking each other on Facebook about where they stand, that sort of stuff. It's, sure. it's a lot of fun. Sure. How long has the Columbia Running Club been around? Um, since 1968. Wow. We were formed in 1968. Um, and there's actually, on the uh, Governor's Cup website, there's a section that has a history of the Governor's Cup, um, which is run by the Carolina Marathon Association. And the Carolina Marathon Association arose out of the Columbia Running Club many years ago. Okay. So if you're interested in the history, I would encourage you to go to the Governor's Cup website and find the history that was written by Larry Hamilton. Sure, sure. Now, how long have you been the president? Um, <laughs> go back. You caught me off guard there. I have to think. Um, seems like 20 years now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of work. It is. And, you know, I tell people um, it's kind of like you don't realize how much a race director has to do in a race all the little details and everything you gotta take care of right um it, most people don't realize how much goes into it and you know i i can't do it on my own um tracy tisdale williams is a big help matt mcgreevy his wife Bree, john gasquey helps run the tour i mean there's no way i could do this on my own um but your question is how long I've been president. Um, this is my third year, starting my third year now. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, we didn't have a banquet this year. This would have been the second year that I run um, ran the banquet. Um, and I'm, we missed that, and everybody missed that. Sure, sure. But, um, yeah, some things had to change this year. We had to regroup and change, obviously, the way we did the um, Tour de Columbia. Um, right. But we, we, we made some changes. We... Um, one of the things we do for all of our members is we have yearly swag. You know, it's normally right. some clothing item or something like that. And because of COVID and the fact that we couldn't give um, the annual um, awards, the plaques for points, we still have participation awards, which we, we've gotten in and we're going to be handing out this Friday um, at Race to the Place. I'm not sure when the, when the podcast is going to be, but we'll have other pickups. But we did, we bought shirts for everybody who was a member in 2020. We have enough shirts to give to everybody, regardless of whether um, you right. had eight races or not. Yep. So we hope that makes up in some way for the lack of races or lack of you know competition sure. and camaraderie that we normally have. Now, you mentioned for all the members and everything, how would someone become a member? Uh, there's a couple of ways. Uh if you go to the Columbia Running Club website, you just do Columbia, it's just ColumbiaRunningClub.com, 
actually we have the short cola.run, C-O-L-A.run. Um, it gives you information on the Columbia Running Club, and there's a link to register two ways. One is through Strictly Running. You register almost the same as if it's a race, um, or you can mail in a check to our P.O. box. And normally we have a third way, and that's the annual banquet. We usually right. about a third of our members would register at the annual banquet. Right. Okay. So multiple ways for somebody to get involved if they wanted to be a part of the uh, the running club. So check out those uh, those links, those spots to register to be part of the Columbia Running Club. Really cool thing. Uh, I, I mean, I've been to the banquet multiple times, and it's just it's just the camaraderie of the group at the banquet's really cool, but also at the races. I'm not really able to be at races as much as I have in the past because I'm just in that season of life where my Saturday mornings right now are either on a soccer field, in a basketball gym, it, or baseball field, somewhere. I'm a, I'm a coach now, Roy, so believe it or not, yep. you know, I got I to gotta watch enough YouTube videos to figure out how to coach eight-year-olds to kick a ball into a goal. But, um, I mean, it's still, it's still tons of fun. Um, so you rose to prominence here. You're, you're now the president of the Columbia Running Club, the pinnacle of your running career. How how did that rise come about? Is it all downhill from here, Jesse? How did uh tell, take us through like when you started running and that flame was ignited? Um. Well, I didn't actually didn't start running until August of 2013. Um, seven years ago, I was 47 years old. Uh, I'd always been active. I played football in high school and played lacrosse um, at Rice in college. And when I got out of college, I continued with uh, club lacrosse. I'd lift weights. I would do spin classes. Um, but my problem was anytime I would try to run on hard surfaces, I would get shin splints, like almost immediately. Oh, wow. Um, and so, I, you know, I kept in shape, but I was, I was kind of a bigger guy. I was lifting four days a week and, you know, about 190 pounds. And um, that obviously, what I found out later, contributed to the fact that I kept getting chin splints. I was too heavy and I was a heel striker. Okay. So someone finally, you know, watched me run who had been a, a high school track coach. And that's what he said. He said, your problem is you're, you're a heel striker and you're too big to be a heel striker. So he taught me the midfoot strike and gave me some little techniques and tips. And within less than a month, I had, had learned to do the, you know, the midfoot strike. And after that, I realized, hey, I can run without getting hurt. Sure. And so I, we had a team. He was actually the, the reason that this guy um, looked at me run is he wanted me to join um, a team that he was putting together for the um, – the Palmetto Baptist Foundation race when they used to have it in Finley Park back in 2013. Okay. And so I did that team, you know, did the training, did that, and, you know, just kind of had fun with it, running it, and then sat around and, you know, had the refreshments, and as we were leaving, I saw this guy that was wearing a medal. And I asked my friend, you know, what is that? And he said, oh, he must have won his age group. And that's when I realized, hey, you can get bling for running races. That's what hooked <laughs> so you right there. My, my competitive spirit kind of kicked in, and yeah. you know, it took off from there. Sure. So that's how I got involved with racing. Yeah. Now, the Columbia Running Club 
was I, I started going to all these races and I would see people wearing, you know, Columbia Running Club shirts. And um, I went up to as Alex McDonald one day at a race and said, oh, tell Lord. me about the Columbia Running Club. Yeah. And that's how I got involved. Wow. And at that time, I'm assuming it was Alex the president at that time? He was. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's who you took over for or replaced, however you want to say it, right? Yeah. Um, Alex had been president for about six years, and um, he was looking to hand off the reins. Um, so there was, a, there was a discussion for about a year because I had a lot going on in my life, too. Not, it wasn't necessarily you know, kid-related such as yours. Um, sure. But it, it took a little while, and you know, I think one of the reasons that um, Alex wanted me to take over and some other people, you know, kind of recruited me, is that I tend to get along with just about everybody. Right. I can get along with competitive runners, the casual runners, the, you know, there's, there's a huge diversity um, within the members of the Columbia Running Club. And um, like I said, I can get along with, talk with, um just about anybody. So I think that was that was part of the process. Sure. Sure. Now, uh, for for the listener, I, I don't know if this is possible or not, Roy, but you said you learned the midfoot strike. We may have some people listening that they may have been able to relate with what you said, like, man, that's exactly what happens to my shins whenever I start running on hard surfaces or anything like that. Can you – is it possible for you to describe what you changed about your form – to correct it, so you did develop that midfoot strike. What were you doing, and what did you change? Can you do that? Yep, I can do that. Um, and I say, you know, one thing I've found since I've started running is there's all kinds of information out there. Um, talking with other runners, you know, about oh, you know, I have this pain here, this this sort of thing. Once you get the right name, you can Google just about anything. Sure. That doesn't mean everything out there is good, but right. there's a lot out there. Right. And so, you know, if you Google YouTube how to learn the midfoot strike, you find some stuff. But what, I've, what I always tell people, you have, you have to find what works for you. Right. Not everything that, you know, a coach you're going to find on YouTube or a coach tells you is going to work for you. So, but from changing from heel striker to a midfoot strike, um, the former high school coach who, was, who helped me, had me shorten my stride because I was used to in football and lacrosse, you want to get a good solid base with your, you know, your hips down and your butt out and your feet flat on the ground as quick as possible. So, you know, I had wide strides, wide feet, getting my feet on the ground. He changed to a shorter stride. And one of the things that helped me develop the shorter stride was he said, instead of throwing my arms out as far as possible, pretend I have little T-Rex arms and my, my elbows are stuck to my side. Okay. So if you're only moving your from your elbow up to your hands, that is going to force you to shorten your stride. And you do have to think about landing in the middle of your foot at first, but once you got the little, you know, T-Rex or alligator arms, um, like I said, within probably about three weeks, it, it came naturally to me. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, if you're listening and you're struggling with, uh, with that uh, shin pain, shin splints, whatever it could be, that heel strike. So, like Roy said, Google the um, midfoot strike, a lot of good stuff out there. But, hey, that, that's some good advice right there from Roy. 
So um, tell us a little bit about since you started running. Give us some uh, a few PRs. Uh, am I racist? Yeah. Um, I think I have to pull it up. I have a little list. That's one thing I've learned that, you know, races, I started a list online of all of my races. Um, and there's just so many of them. I started with just 5Ks. Okay. And so it was easy. Okay, I know what my 5K PR. And started, you know, once I found out you could win stuff, I started running other races and finally moved up. I've done two marathons so far after having said I was never going to do a marathon in my life. Never say never. Say never when um, it comes to a marathon. So I have to pull up my list here. Let me see if I can find it. I know my 5K PR is 21.24. Okay. And I just tied that um, at Cold Winter's Day. Okay. I ran 21.24 again. I thought I had another PR, so I was thinking previously it had been 21.26. So I thought I had another PR, but it turns out I just died. Yeah. And then, let's see, 10K. My 10K PR was last January at the Red Shoe Run 10K. That was 44.53. And my half marathon PR was Kiowa in December of 29. I was trying to break 145, which is eight minutes per mile. Right. Um, but my average pace was 8.08, and you oh. wouldn't think eight seconds per mile would matter that much, but it does over 13 miles. Sure. So my half PR is 146.33. Okay. And I'm still working on my marathon, quote-unquote, PR. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I've run in my first two. They were not good. <laughs> so what two marathons have you run? What were the names um, of them? marathon okay it's up in north carolina um and part of the reason i ran it as the name suggests peak your creek it's downhill <laughs> um but my my biggest problem with anything over half marathon i've learned is nutrition right you know you right. can do all these calculators that say okay if you can run if your 5k pr is this or 10k pr is that and your half is this this is what you should be able to run a marathon at. And mine says I should, you know, be able to run like 345 or something into 340s. But um, I've, I've not gotten there. The first one was 428. My second one was 411. It was an issue there because my watch was all messed up and I thought I had a sub four. But the, the, what I found is my nutrition. I can't, I've, Trying to still trying to dial in my nutrition after about mile 19, and you know, you, like I said, you can read all this research and all other good stuff, but you got to find what works for you. And I think I've come close. I'm actually training for my third marathon now, and I've had a couple 20 mile runs that seem to have gone well with my nutrition. So hopefully, I've got that dialed in now. Well, you're trending in the right way, so it's not like you're not figuring something out, right? I mean, it, it, even right. though you're not re- reaching your goals, you're you're trending the right way. So it has to build some sort of confidence that, hey, I'm, I'm doing something right, but I'm just not there yet. What's your goal for this third marathon? Um, well, again, what, I, I kind of geek out on stuff when I yeah. get um, interested in it. My wife says I have it's part of an obsessive personality. 
But, you know, I started running, so I started doing all this research and looking at stuff and training plans and all this other stuff. And so one thing, again, finding what works for me is if I have a, a, a goal race, you know, a big race that I'm looking forward to, like this marathon that I'm going to do, you want to set three goals, good, right. better, and best. Right. So my good goal is to just run a sub four. Okay. That's all I want to do is break four hours. Um, and then from there, I'm just going 355 and 350. Okay. Run better and best. Okay. So uh, these 20-mile training runs that you've done and you've said the nutrition seems to have worked out and you felt okay or good or whatever, after those training right. runs, you come back and you're just you're thinking through your mind and you're looking at the splits and your run, heart rate, all that stuff. Which one are you thinking, hey, I, I really got a shot? Is it like this best goal you're thinking, hey, that's uh, that's the one I'm going for, or is it well, middle of the road? <laughs> I'm probably like a lot of people. I'm superstitious. I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Because they, yeah. they, you know, you know how the running community is. Everybody's gonna be looking through the stats. And oh yeah. The results. Oh, let's see how Roy did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like I would like to do 357. Okay. That's yeah. You know that that I'm gonna shoot for 357. Sure. Pace per mile, then, you know, is that like yeah, right well, at nine see, minutes? That's, that's the pace I'm going to set. Sure. And then, you know, I'll, I'll at the different splits within um, the race itself, you know, I, I, I have to do a little cheat sheet. Okay. Because I get runner's brain like most people. Right. You right. know, and I, oh, yeah. I, I can't do math. I'm not like, yeah. I can't do math anyway, much less in the middle of a race. So I'll have a little sure. cheat sheet. And I'll have a couple of notes beside it. You know, if I hit the mile 12 marker at this point and I'm feeling good, you know, I may push a little more and that sort of thing. Sure. So that, that's how I'm going to handle that. So the uh, the third marathon, are we going back to Peak to Creek? Um, no. It's, uh, I'm going to, we're running, we have a little group going. And that's another thing. It's always good when you have big races to get a group together and you can help each other and talk about training. We have a group going to the Hall of Fame um, marathon. I think I'm the only one doing the full, but we have some people doing the half and 5K. It's on Sunday, May the 2nd. It's in Canton, Ohio. The NFL Hall of Fame is right. up there. And this is, it sounds, again, kind of materialistic. Um, but the, I, I saw a video for it, and the medal is like this huge NFL championship ring. <laughs> wow. It is, yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And this year is the 100th anniversary of the NFL, so they're gold. Oh, they're wow. Huge, huge medals. They're yeah. pretty nice. So the medal sold you on the event. Is that right? What's that? The medal, did it sell you on the event? Um, yeah, but that's what got me interested in it. Yeah. And then started looking at it, you know, and do it, you know, May 1st, a marathon here in Columbia, as you are aware, um, could be, um, pretty bad in terms of the weather. Right. But up there, you know, the average in May, beginning of May is between like 46 and 70 degrees. Ooh. Okay. So maybe may perfect for a marathon. Sure. Sure. Now, has the marathon or is the marathon now your favorite distance to train for? No. <laughs> Not at all. You're pretty confident I, in that I don't answer. I think it ever will be, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
relate to that. <laughs> now, it's, you know, it's a it's a love hate relationship. Sure. You know, sure. You love there are points that you, you things that you love, and you know, kind of in the middle. It's like a race. In the middle of a race, you know, a fast five k. You're like, why am I doing this? I'm never going right. to do this again. Right. And then immediately when it's over, the endorphins and right. you know the camaraderie and everybody else. You're like, where do I sign up for the next one? Right. That's right. Uh, what would and you it s- may be this third one. You know, if I meet my goal, I right. think if I run a three fifty seven, then I'm probably going to be saying, "Okay, what do I have to do to qualify for Boston?" You know, sure. what would that be? You know, yeah. I, I I think I would get hooked on that. How far uh, are you away from qualifying for Boston at your age? Uh, a long way. <laughs> yeah. What do you have to run? I mean, the good thing, the good thing is, I'm gonna be fifty four this year. Sure. So the times change. For right. The, you know, right. For me yeah but i think for even even the 55 the 59 age group now the new times are i think 335 wow yeah wow. So yeah. that's you know kind of a long way from 357 yeah but, but you know who knows we'll yeah. see how it goes yeah now what would you say is your favorite distance to run or race um, a fat, if I can do a fast 5k, a 5k on a fast course, like yeah. we have some of them around here. That's right. I think I, I love doing that, but it's ter- in terms of just running the race and having fun, probably a half marathon. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, you know, it got to the point where I, because I'm running pretty consistently, I don't really have to train for those. I could just kind of jump in and do a half marathon and do, you know, fairly well at any time. Sure. And it's it's long enough that you enjoy it and, you know, you see a lot of people. And so I'd say the half marathon running, but in terms of doing well, a fast 5K, I yeah. think, makes, yeah. you feel really, makes me feel good. Right. So prepping for that 5K distance, do you have a favorite workout? that you do? Mm, yeah, I mean, the speed work, you have to do the speed work. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, again, love, hate. You don't love it. It's not your favorite while you're doing it, but you see the results from that. Um, if you can say right. like I'm part of Team Utopia South, mm-hmm. so I do their, you know, Justin's training program for that. You see the results. Right. And once you see the results, you kind of get hooked on it. That's right. That's right. So as uh, as you race these 5Ks and, and you're prepping for the marathon, do you have like a, a moment that sticks out above the rest with all of the races that you've participated in that has been the most memorable? Um, I'll answer that, but there's a period of time. When I was training for my second marathon, and, you know, I was pretty serious about sticking with the training plan and, you know, putting in a lot of miles and that sort of stuff, um, I was still, I would still run races because this is right after I became president um, by the Columbia Running Club, and so, you know, I show up at a lot of races, which are not necessarily part of the training plan, but you you try to incorporate them and modify it. But there was a period of time where over different distances, 5Ks, 10Ks, halves, I set nine PRs in a row. 
Holy cow. Nine races in a row, I set PRs. That, well, that includes the marathon when I did my last, sure. you know, my last marathon. Sure. But that was, I, that was pretty awesome. I, you know, I enjoyed that. And other people, my friends, that's, again, the, commu- the supportive communi- running community. Your friends know what you're doing. Right. So when you start doing well, you get a lot of props. And, you know, I, I think that's how Strava survives. I, sure. I don't think a lot of people actually tracking their stats on Strava. They just, they like, you know, everybody saying, hey, good job, yeah. had a boy, good run, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that time period. As you should have. I mean, that that's quite the run. Was there ever a moment during that, that non-race span where you thought, hey, you know, I might need to consider retiring while I'm out on top. I mean, when you got to seven, I mean, lucky number seven, not you're like. Re- not retiring, but there was, you know, there were a couple like, should I run this race? Because I might not PR in this race. <laughs> I don't want to break yeah. my streak. <laughs> sure. Sure. You got to keep the streak um, alive. I, I, you know, I didn't. So. What race? I, uh, did, I did. One thing that helped was I, I did the Tybee Crits, um, and that was. Uh, January of last year, yeah, and so that was that was that was kind of the culmination. After I'd set all those PRs, I had this big. It's a, you did, I did all five races at Tybee, right. and so I wasn't worried about setting PRs in any of them. You know, I just wanted to do well, so that that gave me a good ending for that. Sure. I didn't have to worry about trying to set a PR in every race after that. Sure, sure. Do you have a, uh, a one race that you have? Um, on your not really on your calendar, but uh, a race that you would love to participate in or be a part of one day. Um, well, too obviously Boston. Sure. You know that's and if you're involved in the running community, you know what Boston means. That's right. And, and what I found out, and I think that's good. I still have the perspective of somebody who's not involved in the running community, having only started seven years ago. Right. You know, I knew about the Boston Marathon, but I thought, you know, well, it was just a big marathon. Everybody has fun. It's a big party and everything like that. Um, never really knowing that it's, you know, it's it's the Olympics for runners. That's right. If you qualify for Boston, that's the pinnacle. Right. Um, that, and then just a race that I would love to run just to do it would be the, the Big Sur, you know, out in California. Sure. Everything I've heard about that seems like it would be a really cool race on many levels yeah no doubt so you're uh you're president of the columbia running club are there other groups or running clubs that you're a part of help out anyway um yeah you know like i said uh, the columbia running club is kind of an umbrella group and so um we're we have a lot of people that are in different training groups team utopia i mentioned you know without limits um, run hard, mainly, you know, for kids, but I know a lot of the kids' parents uh, were involved in the Columbia Running Club. But I also, I, I think of myself as kind of a hybrid runner. I love trail running. I got involved with trail running um, when I started getting these little injuries from running. Not shin splints, but I, you know, had like uh, Achilles tendonitis and other little things like that, um, which, again, having a supportive running community i think helps a lot you talk to people and they said oh yeah i had this and i did this stretch or you know saw this person and that sort of thing but i got into trail running and absolutely would love that as well so the harvest and trail runners i'm involved with them 
And from that, I got on the board of the Friends of Harbison State Forest. We're the ones that you know, do all the trails out there at Harbison. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of FIA groups. I don't do the, the F3 and the FIA stuff, but I know a lot of our members do that. And so there's a lot of, I guess, cross-pollination, sure. not only that I, I'm involved in, but a lot of our members are involved in. Now, you mentioned the Friends of Harvest and being the vice president for that. And you mentioned uh, you guys work on the trails out there. So so y'all, the Friends of Harbison, are responsible for maintaining the trails. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, Harbison's a state forest. That's one misconception a lot of people have. It's not a state park or a national park. It's actually a working forest. So okay. that's why sometimes they have to, you know, they actually timber. Um harvest certain areas of it but the friends of harbison state forest we work in conjunction with the forestry commission um to design build and maintain the trails out there okay for recreational use and that's you know for hiking obviously right also for trail runners and mountain bikers right right do y'all ever need volunteers for that or those events whenever you uh Maintain the yeah, trail. We normally have monthly um, trail work days where we do different things. Um, uh, of course, we've had to kind of cut down on that with COVID. You don't have too many people grouped together, sure. all huffing and puffing. It's one thing in a race, um, and again, just kind of geeking out, but you know, there's a lot of studies coming out saying that races are not a big um, risk factor for COVID. Because one, you're outside, two, you're racing, you're not spending a lot of close time together sure. as opposed to trail work out there with you know different tools and stuff and everybody's all kind of together so we've had to cut back on that but normally yeah we have a monthly trail work day um and facebook is the um easiest place to go to find out when those are okay. we've got friends of harbison and i usually try to cross post those with harbison trail runners on facebook okay yeah so check that out, Friends of Harbison on Facebook, if you can go out there to help maintain the trails in and around Harbison. I know a lot of people that go out there, the Lexington High School cross-country team, our guys go out there to train some during the summer. I know River Bluff does that as well. So it's a great location here in the Columbia community to have just to get off the roads a little bit. Do you have a preference? Do you like trails or do you like road running better? Um, right. I, I kind of go back and forth. Right now it's road because I, I seem to be doing pretty well with my marathon training right? Uh, and my races overall. But when I started getting all those little injuries from running too much, um, I, I love the trails. I would do all of my long runs on trails, go out there on the weekends. Uh, and it is a different running technique on trails. So if you've never done it before, um, it, it's good to have someone teach you. In fact, we, the Columbia Running Club, we had organized the Trail Running 101 uh, for last year that we ended up, you know, having to cancel because of COVID. But uh, it's it's a different technique, and, and again, I think it's good to learn all these different techniques that right. can, can help you avoid injury and help you, you know, do things that you that you enjoy. Sure. So you've been running as you mentioned, for the last seven, eight years. You said you started in August of 2013, right? Right. So since you started running, what have you learned about the sport? Um, a 
lot of technical stuff. Like I said, I, I, I kind of geeked out, and I there there were two magazines at the time I started running. There was Run, Runner's World and Running Times. Right. Running Times has kind of gone away. And Runner, Runner's World has changed formats, and some people kind of poop on that. But there's, I still think it's a great magazine. I've learned a lot from that. There's a lot of Facebook groups out there. And then, again, you know, most of what I've learned originates from talking with other runners in the community. Right. So I've, I've, run, I've learned a lot about injuries. I've learned that, I mean, you're going to have little injuries all the time. I've right. learned to cope with injuries. And it's just like, you know, anything else in life, you're going you're gonna to have setbacks. That's right. You know, everybody's life, a little rain's going to fall. You're going to have setbacks. Um, but, you know, a lot of other people who've had the same thing, they can help you through it. Um, and you know that, you know, they've, they've gone through it. That's right. And, you know, you can, you can overcome those things. Sure. So you mentioned the uh, big marathon coming up in May. May 2nd, right. Hall of Fame Marathon. Do you have anything right. outside of that on your calendar that uh, you're aiming for in 2021 since 2020 kind of took a lot, if not all of our races, away from us? Yeah. Um, I don't have a race right now. You know, once I get past the marathon, I'm sure I'll find something else because sure. it's always good to have a goal. Right. Um, one thing, you know, about this race or, you know, when I did Tybee, it's, you get some friends together and you kind of do it as a group, uh, you, you know, training together, talking together, um, goading each other on, picking on each other, that sort of thing. That's, that's what I, what I miss with, um, the COVID cutting out all the races and stuff like that. So you have to, you have to pick something and this is this is the big one for 2021 is the hall of fame marathon sure. so i haven't sure. picked anything beyond that all right cool now like with run hard we have a lot of kids that that do the program that are first-time runners that their parents are like they're way too active to be inside they need to be doing something they need to go out there and run so some of our right. some of our students are are brand new to the sport and some of the, some of our students have they have parents who have been racing for a long time, and their parents have took them to races. They've done fun runs, they've done miles and stuff like that um, at many a miles before they begin our program. But what advice would you give a young person that is either just starting out or involved in the running world? Um, or on the running scene early on, but really just starting out with what they're they're doing as far as getting involved into the uh, the running scene. What advice would you give a young person? Um. Well, this is advice that I have given my kids, and you know I would give to anybody, um, young or old, um, with any sort of exercise. Prayer, I can't, there are two big pieces of advice, and there there's some overlapping there. The first is you have to find what works for you. Hey, I told my kids, you're going to have lots of different coaches and lots of different sports, and they're going to give you this and that advice. Um, not everything's going to work for everybody. So find what sure. works for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, find, you know, the good stuff. 
Um, and, and know that there's going to be some things that don't work. There's going to be setbacks. You're going to have, you know, problems, which everybody does. You find how to get over that. Find what works for you. And the other bit of advice is um, don't think you have to make things up. And that's, okay. you know, if you miss a workout or you get hurt and there's a setback, don't think, oh, i got to start over or I have to make that up. I always say there's no such thing as starting over. There's only starting now. Wow. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, that's, that's, that would be, that's my, my, my sage advice, my wisdom. Sure, sure. <laughs> Hey, that's, that's the extent of it, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's uh, that's good wisdom in the uh, seven year, seven and a half year period or whatever that that you've started. So you've learned a lot for sure. So I'll say this as a fellow runner and hearing that advice, take that advice to heart. That's really good. So, um, so Roy, I want to say just thanks for your time today. Thanks for uh, sitting in chatting all things running with us. Um, that's really all the questions I have. Do you have anything else that you want to add to what you've talked about so far? No, I mean, I'm going to, you know, obviously thank you as well. Um, and I know you've done a lot for the community, um, you know, just even this podcast. And sure. um, for those who don't know, <laughs> you know, you won the running ambassador of the year at our last banquet, the last That's banquet right. we, we held. Um, you and obviously Sarah putting a lot of effort into it sure. and, you know, having 50 kids running around of your own. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely <laughs> feels like that many. a lot of your time, but, yeah. um, you, and you've been, you know, you, I think you've been an, an inspiration to more people than you, you would ever know. Oh, appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Being part of the Columbia running scene is, is fun. It's definitely an uplifting experience. Like you, Roy, I started, Later in life, but uh, I mean, I'm 38 now. I started when I was 25, so um, I, I uh, didn't run in college and all that. So you know, I really had learned the sport after the fact, after really going through uh, the opportunities to have coaches and stuff like that, which is you know still fun. But um, just yeah. being part of the, uh, I think there's some advantages in that too. Sure. You know, you don't you don't have some of the bad habits, and you haven't gotten burned out from you know, coaches pushing you too hard or anything like that. Sure. I will say to all listeners, go check it out, Columbia Running Club, on all social media platforms. Go register to be part of the club itself. You can do that, like he said, on strictlyrunning.com or through uh, the Columbia Running Club's website. So great uh, races that are part of the tour. Go to as many races as you can. Support the uh, groups that are putting on these races and just enjoy being outside and being around people in a safe way, socially distanced, of course. But if you feel like you're too close to people, guess what, Roy? It, Roy would say, you know, just run faster. That way you don't have to be around as many people. So, Roy, again, thanks for your time today and uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks again for listening and always remember, run hard. See ya.